Welcome to episode 17 of series 3. Welcome to My Beautiful Stories, our conversations about finding the magic in the mundane. The last episode of series 3, which was the series where we recorded stories of 2020, is titled Moments to Remember. It features three stories. I was organizing the remainder of the season at the beginning of the year, and I realized that this new year, 2021, may need to be a year of decisions. What moments would we like to keep? Which memories are better shed? Many of us have lived a thousand lives last year. Many of us have lived an interrupted life. Whichever way, I feel we have learned and we have changed. The funny thing about memory, though, is that it behaves like the pebbles in a river. The more the river of time brushes over the pebbles of memory, the more some of the creases of that memory fade. I fear this fading, I always have. This is why I write and tell and retell stories. This is why I ask family members, desperately gripping at their facts and realities. Why I put names on the backs of photographs. Why I keep theatre and train tickets. My insistence may be a little militant, but I would like to take a moment in 2021, at some point, to decide which pebbles I would raise up from the riverbed, adorning gold, and keep. And the stories that I am about to read are examples of such memories that might be worth keeping. The first story comes from Therese. Be kind whenever possible. It is always possible. A quote by Dalai Lama. Tuesday was International Nurses Day. My sister Mary is a nurse in Florida. She shares the following. In 2000, my father went blind from a stroke. He had dementia and was later diagnosed with lung cancer. At the doctor's appointments, I looked at the care he was receiving and thought I could do better than this. The next day, I enrolled in nursing school and started class a week later. Hospice came at the end of my father's life, and I decided that was what I wanted to do. I found a position in a nearby hospice house. When I walked through the doors, it was like angels were singing. It was hard at first, with all that sadness. Then it turned around. The people laying in the beds were still alive. They could still hear me. The ones who were alert so appreciated humour. I never saw a diagnosis, just a patient with a heart, yearning to be treated with dignity. I have always, and will always treat a patient like family, calling them by their names, never honey or sweetie, which I find disrespectful. I was ready to retire in March but I couldn't leave my work family behind. They turned our hospice house into a COVID care centre. After a while, 
something happened. I lost my fear and I found peace. I think this is a game changer in so many ways. The Dalai Lama said something like, if you can't change what's going on around you, change the way you deal with it. That is what I do. Every day. As far as being a COVID nurse, I have been screamed at when family and friends come to visit the dying and I have to refuse them. What do you mean I can't see my dying parent? This breaks my hospice heart. We have set up a process where we wheel the patient in their bed to a screen-in porch. Outside, on the other side of the screen, the family can say goodbye. On my days off, I'm emotionally and physically exhausted. I stay in bed. I want to hide and take a rest from this world. As of yesterday, we had no more COVID patients. I'm glad we're on the downslide, but let's see what the reopening brings. for Kaylee's story. I started walking away when I heard a parent call after me. Our daughters are in the same class and after a moment of awkward small talk, the kind where you know the other person didn't stop you to talk about how hot it is outside. He asks with nervous energy how my daughter is doing at home. Three months ago, I would have responded with a flippant, oh, fine, but we are past inauthentic answers now, aren't we? We are about three months past answering anything but truth if we are asked those casual, how are things going, questions. So, I was honest. I told him it's been a struggle, and that she has plenty of unfinished activities and we were overwhelmed at how hard I tried to not add to that overwhelm by forcing her to make decimals with coins or to finish book reviews of unread books or perfecting passé composé. I told him how we've grown and changed and backtracked. He looked at me, relieved. The air cleared, and he opened up. It was exactly the same way with his daughter. Explanations of perceived failure floated out. How they too called it quit early on online learning and welcomed summer break with open, popsicle-filled arms. How hard it is to have so much learning done on screens. How she just wants to play and learn in a way that isn't done on a computer and how maybe we could have taught kids to type since they were expected to type so much. I walked away from that conversation with a stranger, feeling so much lightness, commiserating with a fellow imperfect parent, and rejoicing that the kids are all right, and letting go of feeling like we're failing them, and throwing away unrealistic expectations for them and for ourselves. For myself. I've worried all these months about how the kids are doing that I forgot to take my own temperature. It's been turbulent, but look how far we've come. We'll be all right. We will be all right.
the last stories from Vicky. This week, we drove to the little village where my children go to school. Along the way, we delivered a birthday card to the daughter of a dear friend, and our children stood on her drive and saw each other's faces for the first time in months. At first they were hesitant, a little scared, but gradually the fear melted and the chatter started up and then they ran about a bit as children do, skidding on the gravel and grazing knees, but made brave by each other's company. We looked on all the while, mindful to remind them of distance, but impressed that the mantra of talk, don't touch, seemed to remain impressed upon them, despite the impulse to play. Later, in the village, we saw children from school riding along the pavements, and then another friend and her family walked through the churchyard where we were picnicking, and we had a whole half an hour of blissful chat, with us on one side of the church path, and them on the other. It all felt like gold like the purest and most perfect joy. Every face that I saw were the biggest smiles as we met eyes, faces glowing with surprise and delight. There is pain and awkwardness that we cannot touch and still fear and grief for where we have been and still are. But my heart bursts with so much love for all those people I have been locked away from. And watching my children, truly, truly happy in the presence of their friends, will be something I will never forget. And, also, here's me, a little faded, a little tired and unpolished, peeping through towards a brighter future. Thank you, Therese, Kaylee, and Vicky for your stories. We thought they went well together and gave glimpses of what happened to us in the last year. I found all three stories touching as they reflected some of my feelings of last year's lockdowns and general situation. But I also found it interesting how, with the hindsight of time, my memory of those events might have changed slightly. I was surprised to remember how homeschooling felt, because it did feel like Ailey mentioned. I don't know whether I feel the same way now about homeschooling. And so, from my perspective, I find it even more important that we keep these memories, that we record them in some way. And I'm genuinely happy that we managed to record all those stories while everything was taking place because I think there is a rawness to them and an unaltered quality that would be difficult to keep otherwise. Yes, and you mentioned that now and at the beginning that you are a person that likes to cherish memories, uh, catalogue them, think about them and I think I'm just the opposite. I very rarely think of the past and memories. I like to think of now, um, abstract or what will be in the future. And 
when we have when we look at our uh, family albums and pictures obviously i i like when we say well that was cute or i enjoyed doing that but i must say on my own when i've got a spare moment to think and ponder upon things it's it's never the past it's something either what happens now or in the future or just something something general and and these were not my memories which i find interesting so we can go back to our own memories but these were somebody else's memories and it was a very fulfilling experience to me just to understand and be more of a part of somebody's life now that we have much less contact with other human beings and i think there's just an enormous value for me to just have that opportunity to be close to someone in that different way yes because potentially something that we don't often think about is that um we don't just learn from retelling our own narratives but we learn from sharing and hearing other people's stories just as well and that's just another value of storytelling in general sharing our stories with others in whichever context we can in the past this would have happened organically at gatherings at family reunions it hasn't happened so much or it maybe did on zoom in the last year but uh, i also felt that uh, this last series of the podcast enabled at least the two of us to experience some more of that narrative communion but if we are to look back over the last season and uh, all the different stories that we have heard stories of loss of birth of grieving stories of magic in the mundane what is it that we have actually learned from all these experiences i was reflecting on that a bit more as well and i think at the beginning i was trying to find something completely new in those stories just trying to dig deeper and my reflection is that there weren't new emotions unknown emotions unknown events but this year kind of intensified everything so there was grief there was the need to come closer to other human beings communicate with them better pull through the tough times and this is not something that none of us ever experienced but it was just so much more intense and that's more difficult but also interesting possibly in 2020 we experienced an intense fast track lesson in humanity before we talk about the recommendation for this episode just a few more words these are the last stories of 2020 that we will have narrated on the podcast at this stage however i know from quite a few of you that you still had stories to send and for whatever reason you weren't able to or you didn't have time to write them down i would encourage you to continue to send them either via the link on the website or just get in touch with me directly on instagram or on my email that i will put in the show notes no promises but i am planning to gather all of the stories that we have heard and any other stories that will be sent into 
something meaningful. And secondly, thank you for everyone that shared their story with us. It was the most interesting and emotional season, I think, of all. Thank you to everyone who has listened to the podcast, everyone who has sent comments, messages, letters. We read every single one of them and were very moved. Thank you to everyone who has sent a story. It has been a true privilege and it does feel very emotional to leave this series behind. Today's recommendation is Rashomon, the film by Kurosawa. Yes, we were uh, discussing what would be the most appropriate recommendation to finish the season of stories. And uh, I personally grew up on Kurosawa films, uh, value them very highly, and Rashomon is a very interesting take on on the stories we tell and how do we find meaning in them, why do we tell them like that, and what truth is. I really, really recommend it. This is it. It's the end of the series. If you would like to listen to the other 16 stories, just listen back. They are all on the app at the moment. We are taking a break in March, but it would be very helpful to us and to the continuation of the podcast if you could rate and review this podcast as well as share it with other people that you think might be interested. We are planning to return in April with a Planet Project special for a month. Thank you. And until next time. Until next time. This is it from us. If you like the podcast, please rate, review or subscribe. Get involved in the conversation each week on my Instagram account at stories. Thank you.